Hello and welcome to the Church Society podcast. I'm Ros Clark. I'm the Associate Director of Church Society and I'm your host here on these podcasts. This week I'm talking to Lee Gatiss, Director of Church Society, and Mark Corson, Chairman of our Finance Committee. And I'm talking to both of them about the potential merger coming up with Reform and Fellowship of Word and Spirit, where we're at with that, what needs to happen, uh, and how you can be part of that. I'm also talking to Lee about uh, what will be happening at the Church Society Conference on the same day as the AGM and the St Antonin Lecture, and some of the other things that Church Society have been doing over the last couple of months. Lee Gatiss, Director of Church Society, it's nice to have you back on the podcast. Nice to be back, Rose. Um, you were last featured on the podcast sometime around the end of January. We talked at the Fellowship of Word and Spirit Church Society Conference. Mm. Um, it's been a quiet couple of months then, I guess. <laughs> not, not much seems to have gone on. No, no, it's been very quiet. Nothing, nothing much happening in church I mean, society. Yeah, Kerry's getting very bored of you just sitting around at home twiddling <laughs> your thumbs. Twiddling my thumbs, wondering what to do next. <laughs> um, it has been quite a busy time. Yes. A lot of things have been going on. Um, let's start with, with the sort of big one that, that people are interested to know more about at the moment, the proposed merger. Um, so last time we spoke, it was all very positive. People were excited about it, but both the other organisations, Reform and Fellowship Word and Spirit, still had to, to make some decisions and, and to sort of consult their membership and so on. Could you just give us an update as to the sort of state of, of things with that now? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's actually been amazing um, how things have happened. I think um, all the um, the different organisations, their councils um, have, have met twice each, I think, um, in the intervening period. And no one's voted against the idea um, Great. Of, of the merger. We've, we've all expressed your different concerns and um, things that we want in terms of details going forward. And we're trying to take those into account with the proposals that are, uh, are coming through. One of the very exciting things was that last week when Church Society Council met, we had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of new members mm. to approve. Um, and, and we did approve them all. So if you applied, I just want you to know we did approve you. Yes. And we, we carefully go through people who apply to join yes. Church Society. And they have to be approved officially by the council before they're allowed to be members. Um, and normally that doesn't take very long for us to do, but this time took a little bit longer because there were so many wonderful new names and great to see that people have been getting on board. Yes. Um, so both, yeah. both Reform and Fellowship of Word and Spirit have actively been encouraging their members to do that, haven't they? They've sent out emails and, and mail shots and so on explaining what's happening and, and why that's the appropriate that's right. step for their members. Yeah. That's right. And we've had all those wonderful videos on the website, on social media, from people like Vaughan Roberts and Rob Monroe. Um, Carrie Sandham. Carrie Sandham. And, you know, a yeah. load of people being very positive about, about what we're doing, um, both young and old, men and women, and from different parts of the country in different kinds of ministry. So it's brilliant to see that and to see all the positive emails and letters and messages that mm. I've had um, and that I know Paul Darlington, as our chairman, has had um, wanting us to push forward with this. And the idea of conservative evangelical unity um, in terms of our approach and wanting to be in the Church of England and work hard to stand firm and fight on. Yes. Um, not just to stay at all costs or something, as I hear sometimes people say. That's not what we're about. We're here to stand firm and fight on for the conservative evangelical 
theology and gospel that we believe in. Yeah, absolutely. And and we just feel that we will be able to do that more effectively, all working together rather than in yeah. our, our separate groups. Of course. Lee, I know some people, I mean, as you said, as you said, the the response uh, has largely been incredibly positive and incredibly encouraging. If there are people uh, at home just thinking, well, I, I just don't quite know about this murder, you know, uh, the, you know, there's a reason why I'm a member of church society, but maybe not of the other organisations or, or something like that, or, or just don't quite know why we think this is such a good thing. What would be, uh, what would you want to say to, to somebody who's maybe got some concerns in that sort of way? Thank you. Yes. And I know that not everyone is completely happy um, with what's happening. And actually, the fact that this is being proposed has stirred up an awful lot of discussion and debate. And that's brilliant. And I'm really pleased to see that. Um, as long as the debate is conducted in a Christian and godly way, I think it's very helpful for us as a constituency to be thinking about these things carefully. Um, and I'm glad to see that. Um, and we want pushback and we want debate and, you know, serious grown-up conversation about it. Quite right. We're still remembering that we are brothers and sisters and we're, you know, we are on the same side in yes. this. So as we're debating, we're debating amongst friends. That's right. I don't think sarcastic comments on social media are necessarily very helpful all the time um, or some of the things that are not sarcastic but just yeah. nasty. Um, but I do think that mostly the tone has been very yeah. positive and very helpful for us as a, a group of evangelicals in the Church of England to think about how we want to behave in the Church of England to best represent what we stand for. Um, and we do that in a way that is evangelical in its approach, not just evangelical in its theology. Um, and so we want to be good news people, good news for the Church of England. Um, yeah, but people have uh, different ideas um, and different um, thoughts and worries about it. I think some people are feeling confused. Yeah. What is happening? Why is this going on? Um, and the basic driver of it is we have Amy, the Anglican Mission in England, um, now very much an up and coming and a going concern um, with Andy Lyons, Lee McMahon doing their church planting. And we have a, a bishop now there as well. So that's wonderful that they're doing what they're doing, supported by Gafcon and the primates there. They are working outside the structures of the Church of England um, to, to plant churches and be an Anglican presence in England. Yeah. Um, and we now have Church Society and Reform and FWS working together in the Church of England to prosecute the same agenda of church planting, contending for the gospel um, as hard as we can within the structures and yes. the churches of the Church of England. It isn't just about the structures, the national institutions or something like that. We exist to strengthen local churches in biblical faith. Yes, yeah, so there was a really interesting uh, little discussion in the Jake Facebook Facebook group yesterday, somebody, people have been trying to kind of put together various diagrams that illustrate the structure of the Church of England, and it, it's notoriously difficult. But uh, Stephen Trott uh, left a comment, which I thought was really helpful, just a reminder that the Church of England is the 16,000 parishes, mm. actually, you know, and that is uh, where our efforts need to be focused. That is the church, as mm. you say, mm. not just the, the national hierarchy and the, the sort of... Yeah bishops and synods and, and those kinds of things. I think some people think now now is the time for us to suddenly decide whether we're in or out. Mm. Um, because there's always been this discussion, should I stay or should I go? Um, how should that um, work out? And no, this is not, this is not the great exodus time. Um, we're not being squeezed, or we don't have to squeeze people into deciding all of a sudden 
being a member of church society doesn't commit you to staying in the church thing and come what may and to changing your theology and flexing with the denomination just to keep your vicarage. That's absolute nonsense. Yes. That is not what we stand for. Um, you know the old poem about the vicar of Bray, that whatever happens, I will be vicar of Bray, sir. Um, the vicar of Bray, a kind of fictional figure, yes. maybe, who kept changing uh, throughout yes. the uh, swings of the uh, the Reformation as it went Protestant Catholic, and he decided he was going to stay as the vicar of Bray, whatever happened. We we are not here for the vicar of Bray. No. Um, uh, I'm not having a Gerald Bray, he's very... <laughs> Uh, but the vicar of <laughs> that's not what we're about. No. Um, we are here to represent Reformed Evangelical, Anglican, real, authentically Anglican, yeah. um, 39 articles, Book of Common yeah. Prayer inspired um, Anglicanism. And that's what we want. Yeah. And we will fight for that. And we will stay and fight for that for as long as it is possible for us to do so. But we have to bear in mind that, you know, there will be times when to be faithful to the Lord Jesus and to that heritage of faith we will have to be somewhat angular um, we'll have to disobey if bishops tell us to do things that are against the gospel that are against the, the orders we've had from a high authority yeah. uh, from the lord jesus so you know there will be impaired communion going forward if the church of england um pursues a course that is antithetical to the gospel and we want to be doing those things together fighting those battles together not thinking we need to set up another group, uh, a niche group for people who only want to do this or that. Yeah. So now is not the time for us to squeeze into a particular mould or tactical mould. We're going to get together with all our different groups and we're going to stand together and help each other yes. as and that comes along. I mean, I've always said that there'll be a number of us who might leave. And, you know, that, that may come a point where certain people from conscience or because of events will feel they have to leave. I could see um, myself having to leave the Church of England at some point. That is perfectly possible. Um, but others will stay. And we want to be here to help those who's, who want to stay to do that with a clean conscience um, before God um, without giving up yes. on the gospel fundamentals of what we hold to. Great. And um, just worth saying, I mean, you were mentioning there, obviously, uh, AMIE uh, yeah. and their role for, for people um, who are Anglican but outside the structure of the Church of England. We will continue, obviously, as Church Society D to be part of the Renew Conference, yeah. which has uh, up until now been a sort of Church Society reform and AMIE conference. Yeah. And obviously the, the plan going forward is that that will just be Church Society and AMIE. Yes. But that will be our, our time of expressing our fellowship uh, with our brothers and sisters who, who have left or have um, joined AMIE in, in other ways. That's so, right. And that was my idea. I have to say that, you know, I, I wanted us to work together with reform and AMIE from the start of my time at Church Society. Mm -hmm. And so we've run this joint conference Renew, and we've run the joint conference with FWS for the last few years. We want to be um, the institutional spine of conservative evangelicalism, but also a force for unity within our constituency that wants Brilliant. to make a positive difference in the Church of England Brilliant. and in the nation. And so we, we still keep talking about this uh, merger as a proposed merger or a potential merger. Yeah. Nothing is actually going to happen, is it, until the 12th of May, which is our Church Society AGM. So at the moment, uh, Reform have encouraged their members to join Church Society, Fellowship of Word and Spirit have encouraged their members to join Church Society. Our various councils, as you say, have, have been uh, very enthusiastically supportive uh, uh, of merging together. 
just explain why we need uh, stuff to happen on the 12th of May in order for this to go forward. Uh, well, in one sense, Ros, we don't need anything to happen on the 12th of May because um, the way that Church Society is set up is we are a membership organisation. And if people fulfil the criteria for membership, they can be approved for membership. So if you're an actual communicant member in the Church of England, uh, you're confirmed or desirous of being confirmed, and uh, you you believe in the doctrine of the 39 Articles and will contend for it. Absolutely. Notice that is in our membership requirements. You have to sign something saying that you will contend for that doctrine. If you fulfil those criteria, um, then you pay your membership fee and you're a member. Um, the council approves membership, and we've done that for, for those who've applied before our council meeting. So in one sense, nothing needs to happen for us to have gained all these new members and for us to be coming together. <laughs> and that's wonderful. Um, I guess what we're hoping However, for yes. is that the, the sort of uh, organisation after uh, this coming AGM will clearly have some input from people who've been involved in, in running reform, people who've been involved in running Fellowship of Word and Spirit, mm. and that, that it will genuinely look like uh, those three groups coming together rather than just church society carrying on uh, in its own way. What will need to happen for, for that to yeah. feel like we, we've merged? Well, one of the advantages of church society has always been um, that sort of democratic governance and accountability that's built into mm. our system of governance. So every year at the AGM, there's an election for the council. The council, the, the body that really run church society, uh, I serve at the pleasure of the council. Um, and I serve at the pleasure of the director. Absolutely, yeah, don't forget it. Um, <laughs> And so every year there's a sort of a democratic accountability. So the organisation, people who are paying members can have their say. And if they don't like the way things are being run, they can have their say and they can vote people from council off um, or they can vote people on who they'd like to. So what we, we will be proposing to the membership on the 12th of May is uh, I know a range of candidates will be putting themselves forward, some from uh, who were in reform and are now members of church society, uh, some who weren't FWS but are now members of church society, and some who weren't already members of church society. And we will have an election, as we always do. Anyone else is, of course, any other member is free to put themselves forward for election at that time. How, so how no... would one do that? If somebody's listening to this thinking, yeah, actually, I care a lot about the future yeah. of this organisation. I think this is something that I really ought to stand up and be counted. How, how do you go about putting yourself forward for election to Church Society Council? Yeah, that'd be brilliant. Um, well, there are nomination forms and uh, you need a, to be proposed by someone and nominated and to accept that. Those forms will be going out shortly in the post to all members of Church Society. Um, I think we'll probably put them on the website as well. Yes, and there's a deadline, isn't there, a couple of weeks before the meeting? Yes, or that's right. I think it might be the 27th of uh, yeah. April. Okay, um, but we'll put all that information on yeah. the website. So there's a deadline for you to um, be nominated and have all those paperwork in. So anyone who's an actual member of Church Society, a full member, yes. can do that, can, be a, can put yeah. themselves forward. And then you're basically submitting yourself to the judgment of the membership as to whether yeah. they want to elect you. So, I mean, there might be people who are thinking, I do really care about the future of this organisation, but I'm not sure standing for council is the right thing, but I, I definitely want to make sure I have my say mm. in who gets elected. You have to be at the meeting to vote, don't you? That's right, yeah. So um, I want to just make this clear because uh, obviously we are also holding the Church Society Conference on that same day. Yes. You don't have to come to the conference to come to the AGM. You don't have to pay or book. 
to come to the AGM. If you are a member of church society, you're welcome to attend that meeting. Mm -hmm. And if you are a full member, uh, rather than an associate member, you are eligible to vote and speak at that meeting. So I, we would really encourage people, whether you've been a member of Church Society for 30 years or 10 days, <laughs> to come to that meeting. And that is your opportunity to have your input into how things will progress going forward. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. And I've always been of the um, sort of Mary Poppins mind on these things, uh, which is that a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down, which is why we put put such a great conference on around the AGM. Because <laughs> and we sometimes we have people... donuts. I thought that's what and you were going to say. Yes. But we, we hope that people will actually <laughs> yes. come to the conference because there'll be some great stuff on yes. there, hopefully, that will encourage people to spend the whole day there. Yes, um, yes, exactly. We'll come on to that in just a moment. Um, I just, uh, for those who've not been to a church society AGM before, I mean, there's quite a lot of, of sort of ordinary business that has to happen. We see the accounts, we uh, approve the minutes, all of that sort of thing. We elect the council. Um, uh, sometimes we change our, effectively, our constitution. So uh, last year, we had a, a discussion about a number of things that we amended. We amended, yeah. for example, our subscription rate so that it wasn't in shillings anymore. <laughs> um, but we also amended... Uh, sort of, yes. Sort of, yes. We amended um, the way that council are, council members are elected. So previously, mm. we've had to re-elect the whole council every year. Now, this year we will be electing the whole council, but that's the last time we'll do that, isn't it? Just explain how that will happen going forward. That's right. So in the last few years, we've had um, in-depth discussions um, about our constitution, our governance, and what would be the best thing to make us stable, but also accountable um, to our membership. And so the AGM has decided over a number of votes over the last two years to change the constitution so that we only have 15 people elected to council every year, as opposed to 20 people being elected. And that eventually, after this year, um, they will be on rolling three-year terms. So only five people will be elected each year, but they'll be elected for a three-year term, and then another Perfect. five next year. And, and obviously, if somebody's elected for three years, but for whatever reason they have to stand down, we just oh, elect yeah, another person yeah. and, and so on. But um, So this year, we will be electing some people to stand for a three-year term, some for a two-year term and some for a one-year term in order that that sort of um, rolling cycle can yes. begin. And that gives stability and continuity and a bit of institutional memory, yes. um, which is, is important and essential for an organisation yeah. like this. Brilliant. OK, and so then on the rest of that day, as you say, we'll be having a church society conference. Uh, you're going to be uh, kicking us off in the morning. Tell us a little bit about what you're going to be uh, speaking on, Lee. Um, I, um, I'm going to speak on... I forget the title, Ros. Do you know the title? I, I think remember. it's something like flourishing. That's right. It's all about flourishing. It's all flourishing. It's flourishing um, in a time of persecution, maybe, yes. something like that. And we thought it'd be good to look at the early church. Um, so often in the past, I've done stuff on the Reformation or on the Evangelical Revival or something more modern than that. J.C. Ryle, I think, a couple of years ago. This year, we're going to do something on the early church because there are two contexts, really, in the early church for us to think about where there might be parallels that we can learn from. Firstly, the early church flourished and thrived and grew in a time of persecution by the world. It was not comfortable being a Christian in the early days, particularly you know, the many times of particular persecution throughout the, uh, the Roman Empire. Um, and how did the church manage 
to do that and to flourish in that situation. I think that's right. And when we think about persecution of Christians, we often worry about perhaps losing our job or um, somebody being a bit unkind to us. But in the early church... It was being thrown to the lions. Exactly, or, or burned... Losing the, your head. In or, a yes. vat of oil or something. That's right. And those are much more serious <laughs> things, although it is, it can be really painful to be squeezed culturally and to have your freedom of speech, expression and assembly yeah. um, to be restricted. So um, there are all those things to be borne in mind. Also, there's the, the theological context. In the early church, there were lots and lots of debates and arguments um, and heresies. So it wasn't the case that just because persecution came, we all suddenly agreed and put those things behind us for the sake of an easy life as we face the world. Actually, there were um, debates about the Trinity and Christology. Is Jesus God? Um, what is the place of the Holy Spirit? Trinitarian theology was yeah. hammered out. And so I think I probably will look um, particularly at Athanasius, um, who stood against the world on a number of uh, occasions for true doctrine at a time in the early church um, when it was under threat. And yeah. how did he do that? And, and, and what what's extraordinary looking at that time is that the church didn't just manage, they did flourish. The church grew um, in those first few hundred mm. years, despite all that persecution and, and opposition from within and without. So yeah. there's, there is real hope and encouragement for us as, as we perhaps think uh, we're facing maybe something similar and, I hope so. and worrying that the, the church is is not flourishing. Yeah. I mean, the, the his history never precisely replicates no. itself, so we can't just use history to predict the future. Um, because things are different now. No, but God is the same, and we can God take encouragement same. from and the way the same. that And we're the same. Human nature hasn't changed either. <laughs> Absolutely. So you're going to be looking uh, at some of that historical context. Rod Thomas is going to be uh, taking the second session and looking a bit more at the contemporary situation within yep. the Church of England and how conservative evangelicals uh, can take uh, those uh, principles for mutual flourishing seriously and in what ways flourishing can happen, mm. um, and perhaps some of the challenges that there are for that as well. Then after lunch, I'm excited about this, we'll get, no, Rod's after lunch as well, but in the last session, um, I'm excited, we're having a, a panel discussion. So you'll be on the panel, Rod will be on the panel. And some incumbents as and, well. And a couple of incumbents in yeah. different kinds of churches. And so there'll be an opportunity uh, for them to tell us a little bit about their situation and the ways uh, that they've seen the church flourishing, and also a chance for people to ask questions and discuss some of the challenges and opportunities in whatever situation they are in as well. So I hope that will be um, a really great day for us as we think about, uh, you know, not as you say, not just in at all costs, but actually in flourishing, growing, contending, and, and seeing um, God build his church. Yeah. Uh, Although, of course, we we've got to remember, given the context of that first talk, we may not always flourish in every place. Flourishing may, may look like martyrdom. Yes, yes, it may in some places. Um, there's no guarantee no. that if we follow this idea of being in it um, uh, to fight and contend together, that we will succeed. That, that's not a guarantee. But if we go down, let's go down like Christians and like good yes. evangelicals. Yeah, and let's wait to be pushed. Yeah, and let's Absolutely. wait to be squeezed out. And then after our conference finishes, uh, people are welcome to stay on for another event, aren't they? Uh, just, uh, I believe, do you want to just put on a slightly different hat? <laughs> and uh, as a trustee of the St. Antolin's Trust... Maybe Antolin's Charity Lectureship Trust, I think it's called. There you go. Just tell us about what will be happening uh, at, later on in that day. 
Yes, I, I am one of the trustees of that, along with uh, William Taylor and Mark Burkill. And uh, we've been having um, these revived St. Antony's lectures over the last uh, 28 years or so now. Uh, a lecture in Puritan divinity or something similar um, once a year. And this year, I'm very pleased to, to say that uh, Don John McLean is going to be speaking to us. He's a trustee of the, uh, the Banana of Truth, or Banner of Truth, sorry, um, a, an elder at Cambridge Presbyterian Church, a good friend. And he'll be speaking on a good Anglican, funnily enough, uh, William Perkins. Wonderful. Who was the rector of Stag in Cambridge. Was he the one who did the chain? Or if I, is that somebody that's else? That's right, the golden yeah. chain, that's right. But he's going to be particularly talking about Perkins's doctrine of the church, and what we can learn from that. The doctrine of the church is um, highly controversial these days and something that more attention has been given to recently. So Lovely. I think grabbing some of the, the gems from uh, a 16th century Cambridge Anglican Puritan will be brilliant. Wonderful. And if you stay for that, there will be tea and cakes and sandwiches and so, so on provided. So like we, we hope that you will stay for that. Um, we've talked a lot, Lee, obviously, about the, the merger and the, the AGM and the conference coming up. But the sort of normal work of Church Society has been progressing as well. Uh, we've got a book coming out soon. Just yeah. tell us briefly about that. Uh, our next book will be published around about Easter. It's called Foundations of Faith, Reflections on the 39 Articles. And I managed to... Um, basically gather a stellar cast of Anglican theologians and uh, pastors and bishops and archbishops from around the world. And uh, we had 40 days in the 39 articles uh, back on the Church Society blog. Was it last year? It was last year. Uh, yes. And I've managed to write those all up, get those all written and uh, add some Bible study materials, some questions for reflection and some written prayers, which we all know are great. Written prayers are great because we listen to uh, <laughs> the podcast the week, couple of weeks week before ago. last uh, yeah. the podcast. So that is a resource really for helping people, um, all people, anyone in a congregation or even a minister could, could read that and benefit from it um, on the 39 articles. Those, after all, are our foundational documents. Those are the foundations on which we build. Uh, well, they're the foundations on which we build as Anglicans, aren't they? But yes. this year's series of Lent blog posts uh, are foundations of faith, um, perhaps even more fundamental in some ways for, for all Christians. So yes. uh, you've written a series on the Apostles' Creed. Uh, I'm just finishing up a series on the Ten Commandments. And then uh, Ash Carter is, uh, has written some wonderful posts for us mm. on the Lord's Prayer. Yes. And again, those are posts with reflections um, some uh, Bible study, some questions and, and a prayer to consider. Um, tell us what we're hoping to do with those posts. Well, I hope we'll do the same sort of thing, Ross, <laughs> and, uh, you know, eventually get that, those written up into a little book. I'm surprised as I go around at the number of people who don't know those basic things. You know, um, how many people, here's a test for you listeners, oh. get a piece of paper out, write the numbers one to ten down the left-hand side, and then write down what are the Ten Commandments. Yeah. And can you do them in the right order? They're... I can do them. I'm not sure I can always see them in the right order. But there is a, there is a point to the order, isn't there? <laughs> yes. I mean, there, it yes. is in a specific order. So, you know, I think that's really important. And um, your average churchgoer for the last few hundred years would have been able to do that. Yes. Because these are texts that we we know we recite in church. They are an important part of our liturgies and our time together as church on a Sunday. And even plastered up at the front of the church on boards sometimes. The Creed, the Lord's Prayer, the Ten Commandments. Those are the things you're meant to know about yeah. to be confirmed. Exactly. And so um, while we hope this series will be useful to everyone and, and that the book, when it uh, comes out, will also be useful to everyone, uh, we do think that it, that it might make an ideal resource for people doing 
uh, preparation for, for confirmation or for baptism of adults who um, just, you know, to go through those basics of what is it as Christians that we believe? How is it that God calls us to live as Christians? Yeah. And also, how should we be praying? Um, we're going to add uh, potentially a couple of other little sections to that as well, um, helping people to understand a bit more about what baptism is and what confirmation is and, 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 and the, the Lord's church. Supper. And yeah. the, yes, and the Lord's Supper. So uh, do look out for that uh, sometime uh, forthcoming. But in the meantime, mm. uh, we hope you'll enjoy those blog posts. Great. There's all the standard stuff on the blog as well every week. You know, this this podcast, which I've enjoyed listening to um, uh, every week. Um, I won't enjoy it this week, just listening to me drone on. But <laughs> uh, I love listening to you and Amanda doing your book reviews. That's excellent. Um, Lee on the lectionary is still there. Um, yeah. And that material. Crossway um, coming out in Crossway's a couple of weeks. Yeah, that's, that's good. What's in Crossway, Ros? Oh, it's a great. I'm really excited about this edition of Andrew Crossway. Atherston's, um, Andrew Atherston is good. has written a wonderful piece um, looking back at J.C. Ryle, the Bishop of Liverpool, and just helping us to see that bishops are not the answer. Even <laughs> great evangelical bishops who hold fast to the gospel are not going to be the answer to how the Church of England is transformed and, and mm. just encouraging us uh, in parishes uh, to really see that actually the task is ours. So I really like that. There's a wonderful article as well that somebody's written a very raw and, and painful article about moving into a church where a previous vicar had uh, behaved badly and the situation had not been really dealt with and talking about how mm. you rebuke a pastor but how also you can offer support to the family who mm. often are, are the worst victims uh, chris edwards has written an article for us about um how you can do music in church when you've not got any musicians uh, uh which yes. you know particularly in Lots smaller churches is often a real struggle yeah. uh, but you know it could be in any kind of church uh, there's the second part of my article on women's ministry some advice from John Truscott on how to be a good committee member. So as you're oh, electing yes. PCCs in the next month or so, that would be a really great article to be sharing with everybody who's on the uh, committee of some kind in your church. So lots that we hope will be of interest to uh, everyone. Yeah, this is very useful. All those new members of Church Society are going to love it, aren't they? <laughs> yes, They're absolutely. Wondering, why didn't we join Church Society before now? <laughs> well, exactly. Great. Well, thanks for talking to us, Lee. I talked to Lee while he was at Whitemore Lakes speaking on a weekend away for St John's Knutsford. And while I was there, I was also able to chat with Mark Corson. Mark is the chairman of the Church Society Finance Committee and a member of council. And I thought it'd be really helpful just to talk to him briefly about some of the aspects of the merger and how that will work from a sort of uh, legal and financial perspective. What do you do in your real life, Mark? Uh, well, I'm, I'm a barrister, QC, um, and I specialise in commercial litigation. Excellent. We're very glad that you don't charge us your normal hourly rate for the work that you do for Churchside. I feel we would be bankrupt probably in about 10 days, but we're very no, grateful. No, no comment. <laughs> we're very grateful for all the work you, you do do. Um, as Chair of Finance Committee, you have an understanding of, of the sort of legal and financial setup of Church Society. It's a more complicated setup than you might imagine, isn't it? It certainly turned out to be more complicated <laughs> than I thought it was when I, it was going to be when I took on the job. But no, we have various issues that crop up from time to time to do with with, with trusts, particular trusts that uh, 
give rise to particular concerns that we have to sort out. Yes, and part of that is just because Church Society is such an old organisation and the way it's come about. Well, that's right. Church Society itself was incorporated almost 100 years ago as the, the Church Association. It's a well-established body. It's uh, Lots of monies have been bequeathed to it over the years, and it, 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 so therefore it's trustee of a number of, uh, num number of trusts, as well as carrying out its other activities of... Uh, Yes. Publishing and conferences and so on. Yes, we have um, a number of those things come to council for approval and, and it always slightly boggles my mind the kinds of things that we have to do and, mm. and uh, you know, approve trustees for a school and and director's salaries for some steel-making company and all that, sorts that, of that's, weird... That's right, the real historical legacy. Yes, <laughs> yes yeah. exactly. It's not just as straightforward as people pay their subs and then yeah. you pay my salary and, and that's the end of the day. That, that's right, yes. yeah. And, and Church Society itself is a, is a complicated organisation, I say, because it's uh, publishing, it's... Mm. Uh, conferences patronages of churches and so on and uh, yes and all of those have different legal obligations on do. us and and responsibilities for that um one of the things we did at the council meeting last week mark was approve the accounts for yes. last year yes yes what, how would you describe the the current financial situation um, of i think the, the, the current financial financial situation is, is it's, it's a very stable situation i mean it could always be better uh, <laughs> as, as with with every charity yeah. but uh, no certainly a few years ago that there, there were difficulties we managed to overcome those difficulties wonderful with, uh, god's help and assistance but we certainly need people to keep paying their subs and oh, and oh, certainly giving yes. generously and, and looking very carefully about uh, expenditure for the future yes yes, yes. Yes. Great. Uh, but what it has meant is that we, you know, we, we are now able to expand. We can think about employing more people mm. to, to. Absolutely. Well, I'm I'm very grateful to be uh, part part of that expansion. Mm. Um, so, Mark, as you know, obviously one of the the big things that's come up in these last few months is the potential uh, proposed merger with Reform yeah. and the Fellowship of Word and Spirit. Yes. And obviously there's all sorts of uh, theological discussions have happened around that and practical discussions about what that new organisation might be and, and do. Could you just say something about how that might work from a sort of legal financial point of view. They're very different in their yes, setup, they, uh, aren't they? Yes, they are very different organisations. I've, I've said something already about church society, but, but reform is, is different in the sense that it church society has members, so it has members who elect a council and... Uh, pay subs. And... Pay subs and operate it in, in that sort of way. Reform mm. set up on a very different basis, mm. set up as a, a trust, as more of a campaigning, networking or, or organisation. Uh, fellowship of word and spirit um, again sort of se separate identity but 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 a, but a trust so mm. if we were able to bring them together which personally i think would be a, a great thing if we could achieve it um uh, the, the, the way we'd look at look at it happening is to try and encourage members of reform and fellowship of word and spirit to join as members of church society and then to elect a council that is representative of of, of all those bodies that, that would be the, the yes aim of it. yes i think what we couldn't do or would be very difficult for us to do as church society would be to say, right, let's sort of throw everything up in the air and, and start oh, from yeah. scratch no, as a new organisation. No, indeed. It's, it's achieving the continuity, but in in that unity that Jesus prayed for, I yes. think, as, as uh, believing Christians. Wonderful. Mm. And um, for those who are listening to this, who are already uh, supporting church society in different ways, what uh, would you love them to be praying for from your point of view? Or, or what could they be praying for for finance committee, say? Well, I, th I think when, when, you, when you get into this situation, there are always people who 
get concerned about what is happening. They feel they're not going to be represented by the new organisation. I think pray pray for those people that they will mm. see that uh, this is something very, very positive so far as uh, uh, really protecting our position within the Church mm. of England as, as those who stand up for biblical integrity within the Church of England, that we, we have a real and strong and united voice. Uh, Wonderful. And I guess um, just to be praying for the kind of decisions you're making about uh, how we spend and, our and money all, yeah, and, 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 and please, all of that. Please pray for, pray for the Council of Church Society as they think about this. Pray for the trustees of Fellowship yeah. and Word and Spirit and, and Reform as they you know, take the decision, yeah. take the decisions that are necessary for this. Wonderful. Thanks for talking to us. Thank you very much, Ros. So I hope you found that helpful, both what Lee uh, has had to say about uh, the practicalities of making the merger happen and the importance of the AGM, and also what Mark's uh, been able to share with us a little bit about how that needs to happen uh, from a, a sort of legal and financial perspective, uh, that church society is an organisation with a lot of responsibilities, uh, a quite a complicated legal setup. And so that's why we've asked uh, Reform and Fellowship of Word and Spirit members to join us rather than either start a new organisation completely or uh, for us to, to merge with one of those organisations. If you have got questions or concerns about the merger or indeed anything else to do with Church Society, uh, please do get in touch. You can comment on the Facebook page or you can email me, ros at churchsociety.org or if you'd like to get in touch with the director, uh, you can do that as well. We won't have a podcast episode next week because it's Easter Monday. Though do stay tuned, there will be something going up for you to listen to that I hope you'll enjoy very much. I'll be back on April the 9th with Amanda Robbie for our next book review podcast. We'll be reviewing John Stevens' book on Knowing the Times. Uh, if you'd like to read along, please do. Mm-hmm.